leftists canceling and cannibalizing their own. In their pursuit of replacing culture with anti-culture, the spanking new 21st century culture reformers are going to be very busy. Rather than nailing 95 theses on a church door, they're going to tear down 950,000 monuments and place names based on imperfect and altogether yucky colorless people and replace them, I guess, with the names of perfect colorful people. This provides yet more evidence of the silliness of Barack Obama's out-of-context quote, the arc of the moral universe is long, but it bends toward justice. It also provides evidence of the truth of Dr. Martin Luther King's use of the quote, first spoken by 19th century pastor Theodore Parker. And I quote Dr. King, Evil may so shape events that Caesar will occupy a palace and Christ a cross. But that same Christ will rise up and split history into A.D. and B.C., so that even the life of Caesar must be dated with Christ's name. Yes, the arc of the moral universe is long, but it bends toward justice. End quote. Neither Theodore Parker nor Dr. King was making the point that history moves always and ineluctably toward justice. They were making the point that ultimately Christ will redeem history. Christ has already won. It's interesting that leftists have adopted BCE, before the Common Era, and CE, the Common Era, in order to no longer refer to Christ. No matter, Christ still wins. In the meantime, the devil roams the earth, lying and destroying. Now, after decades of canceling conservatives through a thousand tiny cuts and an occasional deep slash, the reformers smell all that yummy human blood and are mercilessly cannibalizing their own. The cannibals at the San Francisco Museum of Modern Art forced out their curator, Gary Garrels, considered one of the country's most prominent curators, for the sin of saying he, quote, would not stop collecting work by white men lest the institution take part in reverse discrimination, end quote. The cannibals leapt on him. First, he tried futilely to stop the attack by groveling, saying, and I quote, I want to offer my personal and sincere apology to every one of you. I realized almost as soon as I used the term reverse discrimination that this is an offensive term and was an extremely poor choice of words on my part, end quote. His groveling delayed their devouring by mm, seconds. The cannibal reformers responded, yum, yum, eat him up. He's gone, baby, gone. The cannibal reformers have been noshing on Lin-Manuel Miranda, the beloved leftist author of the beloved musical Hamilton, for being insufficiently reformed. Homosexual, slightly conservative, and now former New York Magazine writer Andrew Sullivan was nibbled on for writing in ways about the protests that triggered sensitive junior editors. He resigned before being eaten alive. And on social media, and in her former place of business, writer Barry Weiss, who describes herself as center-left on most things and socially liberal, was gnawed on mercilessly when the cannibal reformers, with blood dripping from their ghoulish mouths, paused to catch their breath, Weiss fled and used her best weapon to try to stop the cannibalization. She wrote and posted a resignation letter that exposes the intolerant, bigoted, ideologically non-diverse work environment at the New York Times. And I quote part of that letter. 
the lessons that ought to have followed the 2016 election, lessons about the importance of understanding other Americans, the necessity of resisting tribalism, and the centrality of the free exchange of ideas to a democratic society, have not been learned. My own forays into wrong think have made me the subject of constant bullying by colleagues who disagree with my views. They have called me a Nazi and a racist. Several colleagues perceived to be friendly with me were badgered by co-workers. My work and my character are openly demeaned. Some co-workers insist I need to be rooted out if this company is to be a truly inclusive one, while others post axe emojis next to my name. Still other New York Times employees publicly smear me as a liar and a bigot on Twitter with no fear that harassing me will be met with appropriate action. They never are. The truth is that intellectual curiosity, let alone risk-taking, is now a liability at the New York Times. Online venom is excused so long as it is directed at the proper targets. End quote. Weiss's resignation echoes what leftist journalist Matt Taibbi wrote in June, and I quote him, It feels liberating to say after years of tiptoeing around the fact, but the American left has lost its mind. It's become a cowardly mob of upper-class social media addicts, Twitter Robespierre's, who move from discipline to discipline, torching reputations and jobs with breathtaking casualness, end quote. I worked with such Robespierre's and experienced firsthand their bigotry and hypocrisy at Deerfield High School on Chicago's North Shore. Ironically, the most vicious bullies were those who most vigorously claimed to honor all voices and to value diversity, even as they promoted only one set of assumptions on how to think about race, sex, and erotic attraction. All views with which district oppressors disagreed were designated hateful, and their imperious judgments justified silencing, through bullying if necessary, all dissenting voices. While proclaiming that everyone should speak their truth, they ostracized anyone who expressed truths they hated. Seeing the cannibals eating their own, ethics, or panic, seized 153 men and women who work in journalism, academia, and the arts, mostly leftists, and penned an open letter in Harper's in which they, quote, raise their voices against the new set of moral attitudes and political commitments that tend to weaken our norms of open debate and toleration of differences in favor of ideological conformity, end quote. The signatories include Margaret Atwood, Noam Chomsky, Todd Gitlin, Gary Kasparov, Damon Linker, Steven Pinker, Letty Cotton Pogrebin, Jonathan Rauch, J.K. Rowling, Salman Rushdie, Gloria Steinem, Randy Weingarten, Gary Wills, Matthew Iglesias, and Fareed Zakaria. After first taking pot shots at conservatives, as is their wont to do, they wrote this, and I quote, The free exchange of information and ideas, the lifeblood of a liberal society, is daily becoming more constricted. Censoriousness is spreading more widely in our culture. An intolerance of opposing views, a vogue for public shaming and ostracism, and the tendency to dissolve complex policy issues in a blinding moral certainty. We uphold the value of robust and even caustic counterspeech from all quarters. 
but it is now all too common to hear calls for swift and severe retribution in response to perceived transgressions of speech and thought. More troubling still, institutional leaders, in a spirit of panic damage control, are delivering hasty and disproportionate punishments instead of considered reforms. Editors are fired for running controversial pieces. Books are withdrawn for alleged inauthenticity. Journalists are barred from writing on certain topics. Professors are investigated for quoting works of literature in class. A researcher is fired for circulating a peer-reviewed academic study, and the heads of organizations are ousted for what are sometimes just clumsy mistakes. The result has been to steadily narrow the boundaries of what can be said without the threat of reprisal. We are already paying the price in greater risk aversion among writers, artists, and journalists who fear for their livelihoods if they depart from the consensus or even lack sufficient zeal in agreement. This stifling atmosphere will ultimately harm the most vital causes of our time. The restriction of debate, whether by a repressive government or an intolerant society, invariably hurts those who lack power and makes everyone less capable of democratic participation. End quote. Some of the most vicious cancel culture cannibals live and move and have their anti being in the trans cult. And when Harry Potter author J.K. Rowling said men can't be women, the cannibal reformers came for her with bared fangs and unsheathed drag queen talons. Fortunately, Rowling has an impenetrable armor made of gold bricks. Unfortunately, few Americans have such armor. Maybe AOC burning in Biden can provide some to each and every American. Oh, and while they're providing free stuff, I'd like my fair share. I'd like a Martha's Vineyard mansion, just like the Obamas. While this letter in Harper's is a good start in undoing the damage done to the Republic by leftists, seeing the name of the president of the American Federation of Teachers, Randy Weingarten, undermines a bit trust in the sincerity of the signatories in that teachers' unions are at the forefront of leftist politicking, including using schools to advance their leftist ideology. Not surprisingly, when the letter was published, the cannibal reformers lost what was left of their minds, beginning with Todd Vanderwerf, whose trans alter ego is Emily Vanderwerf. To be clear, in the miasmic ontological fog created by the noxious exhalations of the trans cult, Emily is a biological man. Forever. He, like Harper's letter signatory, Matthew Iglesias, is a writer at Vox, and Vanderwerf laughably claimed that upon seeing Iglesias's signature near the signature of J.K. Rowling, he felt, quote, less safe working at Vox, end quote. And the cannibal reformers were often terrorizing. Leftist stormtroopers, unaccustomed to pushback, kicked up a Twitter storm, and fearing for their professional lives, a handful of Harper's Letter signatories bailed. Three days later, a racist counter-letter appeared, griping that many of the Harper's Letter signatories were white, wealthy, and endowed with massive platforms. Of course many were wealthy and endowed with massive platforms, because only those with wealth and massive platforms can survive the cannibal reformers' purges. What we need now is massive pushback against ideological Robespierre's, stormtroopers, and cannibal reformers, 
Don't let their tactics intimidate you. Don't hold your fire and don't send your kids to their re-education camps.